Welcome to the So To Speak podcast. I'm Christy Mandor, and I'm so glad you found your way here. As an energy leadership and mindset coach, I work with high achieving leaders and entrepreneurs to support them in getting out of their heads and back into doing the meaningful work that lights them up. In this podcast, you're going to be hearing conversations with leaders, creatives, entrepreneurs, trailblazers, and change makers who share their stories and strategies that help them to continue on when the inevitable mental quicksand comes to take them down. My hope is that by listening in on each episode, you leave feeling less alone and more relieved, reset, and reconnected with yourself and a possible shift in perspective that supports you in reigniting your passion and unwavering dedication to doing the work you came here to do. I'm glad you're here. Chances are, if you are of the human race, you've had the desire to write a book. And chances also are high that the idea left your mind as soon as it arrived. You're so not alone. Upwards of 80% of Americans say that they want to write a book. And those who actually start, guess how many see it through to completion? 3%. 3% actually see it through and only 1% see it published. There are many reasons for this. One of which is that they didn't have the right support system to guide them through every step of the way. Lucky for you, our friends over at Scripter Publishing Group have given So To Speak listeners $250 off their From Polished to Print package. This is the golden enchilada of book writing to help you take your dream and see it published. The link to cash in there is in the show notes below. And if you're wondering where to even start, go ahead and give Kelly a call. She's happy to guide you towards the best direction to take. And you can book that call over at scripterpublishinggroup.com. And while you're there, be sure to take a look at their latest offering of a writing retreat in Ireland, one of the most beautiful countries in the world, so I hear, June 23rd to the 29th, 2024. Again, all of that can be found down in the show notes below. Happy, happy writing. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the So To Speak podcast. I'm your host, Christy Mandor, and today we've got a guest who's not just ambitious, but absolutely on fire with her passion and drive. Get ready to be inspired as we dive into her extraordinary journey, fiery determination, and the burning desire that fuels her every move. Our guest today is Danielle DeSantis. Danielle is the proud owner of Bear's Cup and Loda restaurant in Bolton Landing. She's also a mama, a wife, a singer, and a force to be reckoned with. Her story will leave you with a brand spanking new renewed sense of purpose. So if you're looking to ignite your own ambitions and turn your dreams into blazing realities, then you're in for such a treat. Danielle and I dive right into the upside of social media, the importance of creating what you want to consume, the power of following and listening to your intuition. And Danielle shares such a beautiful story on how the super surreal, scary, uncomfortable moments in your career can be the rocket fuel for courage, confidence, and connection. And since this is also a part of the special series, Create Like a Mother, we of course dive into how important it is to model for your kids, how to be true to yourself, how to continue to follow your dreams, and how that inevitably makes you a whole person who can show up so much more authentic to yourself and kind and loving to everybody else. 
Without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Danielle DeSantis. For me, especially, I need to always feel a sense of purpose. So whether that was before this, I was a singer in Manhattan. Um, it was that um, I was always working for this company called Hillstone in Manhattan, where I was just a server, but I couldn't just be a server. I had to become the head server and I had to go and take care of other stores in the company. And like, for me, there's always this self, um, this purpose that I feel from my confidence. So my confidence is fueled by the things that I'm doing and um, being great at tasks. And I can't just do anything like mediocre. It's just who I am. It's kind of like within me. So yeah, the self-care is amazing. And I love a good Manny petty moment. I love a good go to get a massage. I love staying at the four seasons. I do have like this bougie part of me that wants to like indulge and have a nice moment, but I can only do that for a moment. You know, I really need to um, be working and be creating and be fulfilling and be, um, you know, achieving in order to feel my real sense of purpose, honestly. Yeah. And I love, it doesn't have to, like, it's so yes. And it doesn't have to be either or. And I love you touching upon that part of this conversation because a lot of times we're, we feel like we need to like be grinding and working and working. And that part of us that, and it's not for everybody, but the part of us that does like the bouge, like does want to just get into it. There is something that creates a levity (laughs) of life too, where you're pampered in a way that you're, you're surrounded by beauty and you get to take it in, in a certain way. And then you come back in to whatever you're coming back into, but you return to it with in a different way. I, I'm, yeah. and you, you had me at Hillstones cause I absolutely love that chain. I mean, me too. And it's so funny you say that because I feel like also in my life, I have to create the beauty all around me. Like I might not love exactly what I'm doing, but I have to find the beauty in it somehow, whether that's like making my food prettier on a plate to, you know, romanticize it or, you know, putting on a little music while I'm showering to make it feel more like a luxe moment at the spa, like whatever it is those moments of indulgence you have to kind of create in whatever you're doing. And, and I try and do that all the time. So that's even at my coffee shop, trying to just make it seem more um, like an experience than just getting a bagel and coffee. You know what I mean? It's just, that's part of who I am. I just love to feel the beauty and feel like the, the lux all around us and whatever that is, whether it's like just drinking a coffee or having a wine or taking a shower, something so simplistic can still be beautiful and still be like a nice reward, depending on how you look at it, how you, you know, get into it. Well, and you're, you're clearly very ambitious. And so I love you, you bringing in the everyday moments of being able to pamper yourself in some way, because, and also to enjoy yourself. It's not just like the pampering it's both, right? There's so much yes. And going on here, that idea of whatever beauty means to you, surround yourself with it and don't hold off. Like there's so much of this idea. I do feel with most people who are very ambitious that like joy and the, the, the relief is on the other side of like busting your ass. And it's, I'm a happiness is the journey person for sure. Like that. And that's what I was, that's the point I was getting to. So thanks for saying that happiness is every day. It can't be like a destination far off in your sights because you don't know when you will get there. And what is the destination? The destination is every minute of every day. So, oh my gosh, we just jumped right in from, I know I'm for it. I'm totally for it. So I love this. I want to just back up a little bit to, to hear your story of how you got into this. Cause I, into the restaurant business, because I'll, I'll share this, how I even came about you so that listeners can hear it. 
So I was in Bolton Landing with my kids last year and I saw Bears Cup and I was like, it struck me from the aesthetic. So you're right on with that idea of like creating this. There's there was such a there was such a unique and really uh, fun isn't the right word. It was there was like an enticing, unique. It was very cool looking. It had a a very um, it reminded me of New York. I don't know how to say it. Like there was like a Brooklyn feel say, to it. New York City feel. Yeah. Yeah. And then I walked up and I loved like you, you like didn't miss a beat. There were like little comments that were made on the board. And then the way that the board was, was built out. And then this year you were open and we went and it was the best cup of coffee. My kids were bananas for the pastries. Like okay. it was amazing. It was so amazing. And then from there, I just started following you on, on Instagram. I realized that you also have a restaurant that we're going to discuss as well. And you bring so much of what you're talking about into your feed. And I want to preface that by saying, I understand social media is not usually representative of life. We get that it's curated. We all know that, but sure. at the same time, to be able to have a bit of an aspirational feed, even for yourself to remind yourself to live into that and lean into that. I think we often forget that. Like we often forget that maybe what we're putting out there, it's a little bit of a tangent, but I'm going with it is well, maybe me. it's for us too. Maybe it's not just for other people. We often think we're putting stuff out onto, you know, social media, wherever you are for other people, but maybe it's an aspirational reminder for us of who we really want to be. So I, that, that's what I'm with, but I, I, I want to hear from you. I want to know how you shifted from, you know, being in music in New York and then in, in Bolton landing. Yeah. So ju just really quick, because you touched on the social media thing and then I'll get I threw into a that. lot at you. Um, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, for me, social media, just so you know, has always been a creative outlet. So it is really for me. Like I, I understand that people follow each other and I love that, but, um, when I hop on Instagram and it's cause I feel inspired about something like, I really do love the creating part of it. it it's like kind of, I know social media can be very detrimental to people's mental health and I understand why it can be dangerous. And I get that it often is, but um, I really also leaned into the part of the social media where it's like creator friendly. So I love splicing up videos. I love like text. I love fonts. I love playing with like little edits and filters. I, I just, I love all that stuff, making things grainy. It's fun for me. It reminds me of being in like art class. And I don't know, I've always just had this artistic side of my brain that wants to just come out and play. So it, it's like a little playground for me. And I and I've always loved Instagram because of that. So yeah, I'm sure I could be doing more to like um, cater to the the people and what they want to see on Insta, but it it really is my little like corner of my room where I go and have a good time. You know what I mean? So that, that's my my Instagram vibe. I just I've always loved it. And um, about starting everything, well, that's like a few part story, but I'll tell you the gist of what was going on. Basically, my parents moved up here in what was the year? I think 2014. They started a restaurant called The Huddle, which is down the street. So um, my parents introduced me to this town and my husband. Um, together, we were living in Astoria at the time. I was singing full-time and also working at my entertainment company. My husband was in finance in Connecticut. Um, just like really high stress job for him. Um, a lot of, you know, anxious energy, like crazy intense energy. His job was like, you know, he's in finance. There's millions of dollars at stake, like at every day, that. every moment totally. of every day. And, um, it was just a lot, but he was really good at it. His brain is very like mathematical science 
my brain is more creative, like I said, and I was doing singing, which was fun and I loved it. But eventually we got to the point where um, we had gotten married. We were thinking about starting a family and I got pregnant. Um, being on stage at that point seemed like it was going to be more short term. And I didn't realize how I didn't see how I was going to be able to manage a family pregnancy birth and like all my gigs that I had coming down the pipeline at the same time. So that coupled with him being so stressed at his finance job started to get our gears turning and thinking about what we could do together. We've always been like very best friends. Like we want to spend all our time together. We weren't spending too much time together at that time because we were working opposite schedules him during the day, me at night. So somehow we started thinking about business ideas and we would come to Bolton Landing. And like you said earlier, you want what you want to consume. You want to build what you want to consume. I should rather say, um, we would walk down the street here and there was nowhere to grab a cold brew, let's say. And I'm very much like New York city gal, hop out of my apartment, grab a cold brew, grab a little pastry or a breakfast sandwich, move on with my day, walk and talk. I've got a cold brew in my hand though, mostly at all times or a smoothie or juice, whatever it may be. There was such a need for that here. I just felt like, God, this town would kill it with like iced coffee, cold brew, bagels, whatever it may be. And Lewis had always had this like internalized, but very deep love for baking. We'd go to his family's house on Long Island. He would create these crazy, crazy projects where he would do like 48 hour bakes in his oh mother's God. kitchen of like bagels, pastries, cinnamon rolls, whatever it may be. Um, it was like a deep passion of his that was just like a, a fun hobby or an outlet, let's say. Fast forward, there's a store opening up in the strip that we're in currently. My parents tell us about it. They kind of sit us down. They're like, hey, you guys still thinking about changing your lives, what's going on, whatever. And at the same time, I was thinking about how I wanted to be close to my mom. I was having a baby, you know? My mom lived four hours away from me. I was nervous. And um, it all just kind of pieced together like a puzzle right after that. So it was like store opening, we could start our own something. Lewis's love of baking, my knowledge of the restaurant industry from working for Hillstone for so long, um, our together work ethic, passion, excitement for doing something new, my parents being close nearby, it all just kind of worked out. And that was that was what started it. And how did you know? I mean, it's so it so makes so much sense. Clearly, your values are family, and your values also our beauty in a wonderful way of just aesthetic and enjoyment. And, and I just wonder, like, it did all work out, but what in you helped you to follow that? Like so many times we could talk ourselves out of following that big change. Sure. What was that? I've always been pretty good with change, but I think it's um, a few different things, a combination of things. My trust in my husband, um, his like unwavering strength always he's he's just like very very strong-willed he's strong-minded he's a Scorpio I'm a Sagittarius and I think the two are like a lethal combination in in um in a power way like I think that we both just looked at each other and we were like can I curse on this podcast I don't yeah. know <laughs> I mean we both just looked at each other and we were like let's fucking go like like let's let's do it it was there was no turning back at that point when me and Lewis decide we're gonna do something we just do it and I think that's something we've always known about each other. And I think that um, that's something that, you know, over the years, people say they admire about us as a couple is that we just 
you know, go for it probably seemed crazy. We're just going to up and leave our lives, leave everything we've ever known, leave our careers at the time and um, make this huge change. But yeah, you, you have like a little bit of trust and strength within each other coupled with manifesting. I've always been a little blindly optimistic um, and we're both risk takers. So yeah. And then we, we had our parents who had already started a business in this town that I knew would kind of have our backs and support us um, along the way with a little bit of guidance. So that was helpful as well. Well, it's so great because it is such a wonderful addition and not just addition, it's a standout for sure. Like it's so, so good for anybody who's, who's looking to, to head out to Bolton Landing in New York and get away and treat themselves. And then what about the restaurant? Let's talk your restaurant. Yeah. How did so that the, restaurant, the restaurant, what, what was your last question? How did it come to be? Um, a few different things. Again, it was me as a consumer being here and missing the city a lot. That was the, the number one. So I missed getting dressed up. I missed, you know, my, my heels in my closet were collecting dust. I was feeling a little bit nostalgic of like my nights out. I felt like I wished in this town, there was something where women could feel like a little celebratory, a little bit more like date night, get dressed up, um, a little more bougie, if you will. And just like have, have an NYC moment. So again, bringing those elements from where I came from of New York city is what I wanted it to feel like inside, but also, um, the same thing as bears cup wanting to bring really good food. I wanted it to be a scratch kitchen. I wanted it to be craft cocktails. I felt like everything in the town was a little more casual and, um, it, that was just always my vibe. It was me just personified into this space. And I knew that we could do dinner. I knew that we could, um, compete on the strip because that was really what, um, my mom said was going to elevate us as well. We felt like profitability wasn't going that great for bears cup bagels and coffee and a seasonality aspect really wasn't getting us to the level we wanted to be at. So I was like, you know what? We need to do something else. We need to bring in this vibe um, and really shake things up for ourselves, for our family, and for our future. And that was what I came up with. And that was what Lewis thought would be great too. And he was like, listen, if we can make all these pastries from scratch, if we can make all these things happen at Bears Cup, that can be kind of the base for everything we do at Loda. So that got my wheels turning. Like, okay, we started doing... um, pigs in a blanket, but instead of being wrapped in, you know, puff pastry, they were wrapped in bear's cup croissant. Mm. Um, Instead of a charcuterie board coming out with crackers, it was coming out with our fresh baked sourdough or ciabatta from next door. So everything kind of had um, its base from bear's cup and we snowballed the menu from there. Oh, well, it's so brilliant. It makes so much sense. It's Thanks. it's like sometimes these things are so in our face and we don't even realize it, but how with what's already there, how you can become really resourceful and creative. And it does create a link in the brand. You know, it does create this back and forth expanding versus it being two totally separate entities. It makes so much sense. Thanks. Yeah, it was a really fun project to start. Um, most recently I've it was hard this summer. It was, I mean, most recently I've realized that working nights and working days 
was definitely not the goal. I really thought one or the other place would be staffed enough where I wouldn't need to be there all the time. Um, but this restaurant's brand new. So that brings me into like the motherhood aspect of things where I, I really want to pull back next summer and, you know, make sure that I have my nights free to be with my kids and my mornings will be more, um, my go hard, work hard moments because that, yeah, it, it is hard when you're running both businesses and you have two kids and you want to give them your attention as well. Oh, absolutely. And then they get like the dreads of you, you know, if you, if yeah. you are not deciding that, but yeah. good for you for, for at least having experienced it so that you can see the contrast and feel the contrast of like, this is not sustainable. It's not going to happen. Sure. Otherwise no. you probably, you may never even have known that. Right. And so now, you know, yeah. and it's just not worth it. So leading into that, I, I am wondering like, what is it that when you were shifting gears and saying like, I know I want to be able to like have a schedule that is not going to deplete me completely and I can be there with my kids and I can also be there and help build the restaurant. What was it that helped you kind of shift gears? Was it an external support system? Was it internal? Like, yeah. So I think having help obviously is a big part of what we do in the summer. Um, and I kind of let the guilt roll off my back when it comes to that, because we are only working May, June, July, August, September, and then it all, all tapers off. Um, and then we close down completely after Columbus Day. So there is a seasonality aspect that you have to remember with my businesses that allows me to get all the help I need during the summertime when it comes to my kids and really try not to let that weigh on me too much because I know I'm going to be spending the rest of the year with them and really paying so much attention and being present um, as I fully possibly can with them during that time. So um, I lean on my help a lot. I have a nanny during the day. I have a nanny at night. I have one person who helps me um, at my restaurants who can kind of fill in as a nanny if needed, if something goes wrong with one of the other two. So I'm really well staffed as far as my childcare goes in the summer. And I have to be, I have no choice because if anybody calls out in any role in either one of my places, I, I need to be there. I need to be delegating. I need to be um, putting out fires and that's just the way it is. So um, until I can delegate more, until we can grow more and expand more, which is obviously our next step and our hope for the future. Um, I'm really, I'm in the, I'm in the mix every day. Totally. Oh. And, and I, I mean this with like such like a respectful, loving way is you do have a choice and you're choosing from a place that's connected to your values. You're choosing from a place. So you won't resent your kids or resent your yeah. husband or resent the workers. Like you're choosing from, we, cause we often say that like, I don't have a choice. I had to do this. And at the same time, what I was hearing when you were saying this is like, I'm choosing to be able to move in a way that I am able to fully be there for my kids when it's needed. Right. And then also make sure that when I'm not there with them, that they're feeling loved and safe and supported. 100%. And that's a choice, right? Like it's, there's something to that. You're, I have to say, you're just, you're so good at like bringing my jumbled, like maybe tangent thoughts and making them so concise and like getting a, a great point out of, because sometimes I feel like I'm just talking and I'm like these, you know, I, I've, I'm ADD. I'm, I've been ADD or ADHD my, my whole life. Um, so sometimes I feel like I, I have very um, rambled thoughts and you're so good at just like pulling the 
main point out of the thought and really bringing it home. So I just want to say thanks for that. You know, and I, I do want to ask too, um, what would you say to, I mean, this is such like a classic standard that I was kind of like, nah, but there's something coming through. That's like, ask it. Like, what yeah. would you say to someone who's listening in who may have had that feel of, I'm going to say specifically within like food and beverage. Like there are so many people that are like, oh, I would love to start a coffee shop or I would love to start a restaurant. And then something talks them out of it. And you brushed upon this a little bit, but is there anything like, I'm going to be a horrible, you brushed upon guilt. Like I'm going to be a horrible mother, or I'm not going to be able to fill in the blank, or I'm going to be bad at fill in the blank. What would you, what, just, what would you give them as encouragement? What would you offer? I would just say that you're never going to get to the end of your life and regret the things you did do. You're going to regret the things you didn't do. So 100%. I think taking a risk is always worth the risk. I mean, if you're teetering on that edge right there and you're like, oh, do I do it? Do I not? Like, Hopefully there's either someone in your circle or a little voice inside your head that says, just fucking try it. Just go for it. Because what's the worst that happens? You have to start all over one more time. Like, you know, you're with more information, you start right. over you're, at a new, you're going to fail yeah. and then learn from that, or you're going to not fail. And you're going to be so proud of yourself that you took the risk. So, I mean, it's a win-win in my opinion, because even when I do fail at things, when I make a horrible mistake, when I, oh, damn, I like, it is a learning experience that only makes us better. And that sounds so cliche, but every time you fuck up, you, you just get so much stronger from it and you become a better leader, a better, you know, business person, you become just more skilled and more knowing. A hundred percent. And the cliche is true. And at the same time, we can so intellectualize so many of the cliches. It's until you actually put your feet to the fire, which is the courage, right? It's not, I'm not a, an advocate of being fearless. I just, I personally don't think that's the the way it's feeling the fear, which is another cliche and still going forward, which is courage. Yes. So you can talk about, like, you can talk the talk all day long for sure. Anybody can, but it really is until you can physically feel what it feels like to be in that space and be highly uncomfortable. I just heard recently from, um, I want to give her a shot, Jill Stanton. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She, she's no, no. fantastic. She has a great podcast called, I think it's called the Millionaire Girls Club. She's straight shooter, straight to the point. And she Love was that. like, for you to succeed, you need to be able to, um, embrace and also expand your, your comfort with discomfort. And we hear that all the time, but until you're in it, you really aren't able to expand it. Cause it's all in your head. That's when the breakthroughs happen as well. Like anytime I've been extremely uncomfortable, um, which an example is this year, right before season started, the person who I thought was going to be our head chef quit personal reasons, whatever. Um, I had no time. I had no time to find somebody else. I had no time to, you know, put out ads or whatever. Like season was starting, the things were here. And um, it was actually my, I mean, my husband's always very supportive and he's very, you know, pushes to challenge me. It was my mother who walked in in the morning and she looked at me and I was all distraught. I was having major anxiety. And she looked at me and she's like, you can do any fucking thing, anything. And, she, and the way she looked at me and the way she said it, she's like, you thought you couldn't, make coffee. She's like, and then one day your barista called out and you became a barista. You thought you couldn't work that bagel oven. And one day your husband needed to go take a nap and you needed to work the bagel oven and you got it done. She's like, today you are a chef. You get in that kitchen and you go become a fucking chef. And she was just like, 
so my mother's a Scorpio as well. I'm surrounded by them. Um, and she was just so cutthroat in the way she looked at me and the belief she had in me. I was like, oh, I actually, I have this belief in myself too. I'm just yeah. really uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable with this. I'm scared. Um, but I got in that kitchen and my dad showed up and my grandpa showed up and mm-hmm. my cook next door showed up and a, another local cook showed up and um, all these people just rallied behind me to really just come and quickly give me advice and skills and quick little like, you know, inside scoop um, tips and cheat codes and all these different things. And um, in a 36 hour period, I was cooking for a restaurant filled with 70 guests. I had a partner who stepped up as well and um, really just came out of the woodwork and he was like, oh, you, you think you're doing this by yourself? You're not. And he was uncomfortable as well. And the two of us just looked at each other in this moment of discomfort and vulnerability and fear. And we just said, let's go. And I've never been, you know, I'm more the better for it. I've never been um, more sure that I can do literally anything. These skills that I've honed in over the course of this summer are things I will have for the rest of my life. Skills that will never leave me. um, Things that I will just take and carry on. Whether I get in that kitchen, I become a chef ever again or for another day or for another season. It doesn't matter. This is now with me for life. And um, I just, I thought it was so cool the way I went from being so terrified and uncomfortable to like feeling so confident by the end of the season in my role and feeling like I I deserved the compliments and the accolades that were coming my way. So it's just a, a fun story to share if you're scared try it anyway, do it anyway. You, you never know. It's that story is fantastic. Like, Thanks. Oh, I, you can see the whole thing and you're never going to forget it. This is never. a story that you're going to remember forever. You're going to be able to use it in so many different ways. Right. And here's the thing. And I'm going to hang on this one for a minute. Cause it's such a big deal. Courage begets courage. So you jumping in there and God love your mother. Oh, I want to meet her one day. I'm going to be like, (laughs) we're going to cheer a glass of wine to be like, that's it right there. Because Scorpios do have a fierceness that sometimes can intimidate. And I'm glad that you are Sag because Sag take it like, we're like the billow to Sag's fire. Sag is then like, all right, you know, right. hundred percent. So the point is this, there are a few things. So the first is you had this beautiful moment with your family even though it might've been chaotic, everybody stepped chaotic. up. Oh my God. That's the perfect, perfect word for that day. Oh my and God. It's great. It's so good. And the second part of that is that you were saying like all these people came together who probably were terrified as well and they still showed up. So you modeled what it looks like to go, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I'm going to probably like, who, who knows what I'm going to look like an idiot. I don't know what's happening. Am I going to ruin the restaurant? And you still went forward and that like created this burn of desire for other people to then go, all right, if she's do- jumping in the deep end, I'm going to jump in the deep end. And it's just so beautiful. Cause I feel like so many times we talk ourselves out of fear as an indicator to, to make a U-turn or to turn left or right. Instead of going, this is coming up and it's actually telling me to keep going forward. 
yes, that was an intense moment for you, but I do wonder like, what is it? And we're going to get right into the leadership component of that. Cause that is a wonderful leadership story, like Thanks. across the board of what you modeled to everybody in the restaurant in that, that moment. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, what do you feel intuition plays and in you being able to, you know, feel the fear and still move forward? Do you, are you someone who really feels connected to your intuition? Is it something that just comes naturally? Um, very, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how many, um, people will relate to this. And, um, this is probably the first time I've ever spoken outside of like my husband and my best friend and my parents about this, but, um, I feel a little clairvoyant actually at times. Um, that might be a strong word to use, but I have this very strong sixth sense. It's it's a very interesting thing. Uh, my grandmother was extremely spiritual. Um, I've always been very skeptical of like mediums and that kind of thing, but there was a time in my life where I spoke to my grandmother who's passed away through a medium and it was so very pure and so very... Um, her and the things she was saying were things that no one else could have ever known. And we were in a room of people and she, she picked me out. And I just have these weird things that have come up in my life. Um, starting with that medium, but moving even into like the now of my life where I'll feel like this very big jolt of intuition, um, or, you know, guidance. And I don't know really where it's coming from, but I very much trust it. So, even some, this is so strange and you're going to be like, what the fuck? But sometimes I'm on register at Bears Cup and I'll be um, dealing with a line of people. And right before I um, put in the order, I ask the person for their name. And sometimes their name will hit me before they say it out loud. And um, I don't know what that is. I just know that there's something within me that's connected to something bigger. And I very much read into it. And I, and I, like I said, I trust it. And I just, um, I, I have this intuit, this intuitive, I don't want to say like spirit, but I, I have this intuitive something that comes out at certain times. And I've, I've always kind of played into it. Oh, you were in such good company. So I'm so glad that you shared it. And it, oh, I thanks. think a lot of people will resonate. I feel like oh. it's a conversation that we have to have more of because so many people get so wooified by it. Like one of my, my main, it is woo. -woo. You'll scare some folks with this you know, and, until they, and, and I do feel like it, it, it scares folks who are most disconnected to their intuition. Those who are, are more likely to be relieved from that story than be wigged out. I always look at it like the goal is to de-woo intuition because it yeah. is the ultimate compass. It's the guide, right? And then you go to your mind to to think of it, how it's going to work afterwards. No, I right. love that story. And hey, listen, you might even get more people who come and get excited and give you a fake name. And you'd be like, no, your name's Stacy. What are you talking about? So funny. It happened to me the other day. I'm like, right, like in my head, it went Ryan. And the guy was like, Ryan. And I, it even freaks me out sometimes. Like, ooh, yeah. Like it just like, it'll hit me. So it's, it's the funniest thing. And the, the grandma story was crazy that that's like a day that me and my dad talk about all the time. Cause she literally came through and wanted to talk to me in that room full of 200 people in this medium. She pointed in my direction and she said, I'm getting the letter E and I'm getting a November birthday. And my mom just kept hitting me. She's like, 
that's your grandmother, your grandmother, Esther, because she was a little, you know, she was out there and she was spiritual. And she, you know, we always said like, she was kooky. Like she was a kooky grandma. Um, and I had just gotten engaged and the medium, one of the first things she said was she's like, just November ring a bell. I'm like, yeah, that was her birthday. She's like, and I'm getting December. I'm like, that's my birth month. She's like, yeah, this is, um, she's coming through an older woman. Her name starts with an E. I'm like, Esther, she's like, she has something to say to you. She wants to tell you congratulations. And she's like, did, did anything happen? And I was like, yeah, I just got engaged. And the whole room was like, what the hell? And out of that room of people at the time, I was, you know, 26 and I was a skeptic. And I was so shocked that out of this room full of women, my grandma came through and, and wanted to talk to me. And it was just, it was crazy. She had something she wanted to give me. The medium described it to a T. Um, I called my dad afterwards. He started crying. He said, I know exactly what she wanted to give you. And I had drawn a photo. I had drawn on my paper, like um, a sketch of what the medium had said she wanted to give me. She's like, there's like rubies on it. And it's like striped with diamonds and gold and something. And um, it's like a, a little trinket. And right now it's not where it's supposed to be. It's in like a, a junk drawer perhaps. And I called my dad and he started crying and he said, I know exactly what she wants to give you. I'll find it for you. I'll take a picture of it. And he took a photo, messaged it to me. And it was almost identical to what I had drawn and I had sketched on the paper. So it was just like the freakiest day of my life. And we were both crying and it was just so crazy. And I, and I knew that my grandma had come through and spoken to me. And yeah, it was just the first time I had ever connected with someone who had passed away before. That's incredible. It's so it's amazing. And it's such a beautiful story. And, and thanks. Yeah. In, so, in so many ways, and it's such a gift that you have. I mean, it's, it's such a gift. And I feel like the more you're able to not necessarily talk about it, but the more you're able to tap into it and realize that it's actually a gift that's really to serve you. We all have intuition, but some of us do come into the world with a few layers off, right? For sure. Going forward or just getting more comfortable knowing that like, oh, I'm not a weirdo having this. It's actually a gift. How has it or how in the future, just from this conversation, do you feel that it will lend itself to supporting you and what your endeavors are? I feel like it's really nice just knowing that I'm always going to be okay. Like I never really fear a change or a task or um, having to pivot very much. Like, you know, I'll get, like I said before, I'll get uncomfortable. It'll scare me for a second, but just having this deep knowing that I'm always going to be okay um, is how it serves me. I, I know that in my intuition, I can do anything. I can make it through anything. I'm always going to, be a fighter. I'm always going to make it through whatever there is. Like, it, it's just that, um, it's like my little cushion mm. of, of knowingness of just like, nothing will break me. I'm going to make it out of every situation I ever go through. Um, however, I have to make it through because yeah. my intuition will lead me to the correct place I need to be. Totally. And it's such a wonderful segue because I was just thinking leadership too, just how it leads, like how having more leaders who are tapped in and tuned into their intuition really does benefit everybody who they're serving, whether, and I don't just mean like the pun of in the restaurant, like the, the teams that you have too. So yeah. when you're, when you're talking about, you know, being a leader for all of these people out of both restaurants and at home too, right? 
what is it that you feel um, is, is a way for you to be able to communicate with your teams? Let's stay specifically with in the restaurants and with Bear's Cup. Like what helps you communicate with your teams in a way that bridges like your intuition and your minds? Like if that's a clear question, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know if I know what I'm saying. It's just, no, it's okay. It's, I'm, I'm trying to think of like where I want to go with the response because like, Hmm. Okay. Do you mean day to day? Like, how do I try to lead? Or do you mean like, how do I try and get them to understand my vision? Like, um, that's a great question. That's a great question. I was saying the former originally, um, but I guess they need to know your vision first, right. For you to be able to lead them day to day towards something. Yeah. I, to be super frank with you, it's always the people who understand my vision and get me that end up like being my long-term. Yeah. It makes so much sense. Um, because I think like any business and any leader, there are people who come in and they don't get it and they don't get me and they don't, um, really take it to heart. And, you know, sometimes you need to fill in employee or you need like someone to help out here and there. Um, but the people who are like my right hand people who have stuck with me and stuck by my side and, um, I see them as being part of the future of our company. Those people very much understand my vision, my intuition, um, and I think are like-minded. And I don't know if it's anything that I've done or just like, you know, I think when you are your authentic self and you are um, shining your brightest light, the correct people tend to gravitate and they tend to enter your orbit. And in the same way, um, that will also repel people. And that will also um, make the wrong people activated. That will make the wrong people um, confused. They won't understand. So I think just me being my most authentic self as much as I possibly can and shining my light the brightest and just making sure that I'm being exactly who I'm supposed to be and not caring about who likes me or being a people pleaser or whatever, um, the right people have come and have stayed. And those people, like I said, they just get it. And I think when you have the um, ability to just let your authenticity lead you, that that will happen for every leader and every entrepreneur. You need to care less about, um, you know, coming off a certain way or perhaps walking on eggshells in certain situations, you need to just be your own self and you will attract and have stick the correct people. It's so right on. And I'm hearing so much about the, the idea of respect over likability, right? And it doesn't mean you can't be liked and respected, but if you're aiming for like over respecting yourself first, which then of course is radiated out, it creates a sense that people may not even realize who are in your space. They may not even realize it. It creates a sense of safety because you're feeling solid in yourself and you're feeling safe in yourself and you're not up for grabs energetically that your groundedness and your conviction of what you're following allows people to feel safe. And the people who are repelled, you know, oftentimes it's that they're 
seeing themselves in you and they're not accepting in themselves how brightly they can shine. So the light is too bright for them. Right. So just to bring this all home. So you, you know, you are a part of the special series, create like a mother. And I love so much of what you shared, shared already. And I just would, would love you to share, you know, we talk a lot in the series about how creative care is like the essential self-care and you and I spoke off camera about how, and we touched upon it a little bit, just how, of course, it's great to do the stereotypical self-care. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It doesn't create the same sustenance of creative care, meaning that you have so many hats that you're wearing. You have so many roles that you're playing. And so how can you come back to like Danielle, right? So like outside of being a mom and a business owner and a wife and a daughter. And so I do wonder like, what are, what are your, um, do you have any rituals or do you have any go-tos that just help you refuel your spirit so that you can continue to show up in a way that is whole in all of the roles in your life? What's your go-to for that? Yeah. So I'm not sure if this is going to help anybody else, but it's just, um, my truth. I'm a singer. That's always been my soul, my core. Um, and that's what I always go back to. So whether I'm 10 or a hundred, like that just lives within me and I can't do anything about it. So I'll try to pick up a singing gig or I will go to my piano and I'll just sing for a while. I'll just make some videos, um, that I never end up posting. Um, <laughs> but I sing to my kids. I go to New York city. I, um, get back into the groove of the city and go back to my old stomping grounds, my old entertainment company. This past week I went to, um, on the move, my entertainment company I worked for, for like 12 years. And I went and watched my band showcase and it was just so great. It was so great to see everyone. Um, talked to my old boss, picked up a couple gigs that are upcoming in the uh, next year. And that just helps me feel like I'm still me. I'm totally. still um, you know, I'm a mom and I own these businesses and I run them and I'm, you know, I'm all over the place and I really want to be so successful. And that's my goal in doing all this that I just, I want success for my husband, me and my kids, our family um, for years to come. But singing is, that's my heart. That's my soul. That's just something I can't live without. So the more I can always make time for that, the more happy and grounded I am in my everyday life of what I'm doing now. Totally. And again, like we talked about before, being able to say it is, is one thing. And at the same time, we have so many different thoughts that go through our head. Like, what is it that you have going on mindset wise that helps you to not let the singing go to the wayside and be like, no, that's irresponsible or no, you can't leave your kids for that long or no. Or is it something just naturally within you? That's like, it's a non-negotiable. Yeah, it is just naturally within me. It's something that I can't even suppress um, and wouldn't want to try to because yeah. that would just leave me feeling a little empty. So I always listen to my thoughts, my like need for a massage, let's say like whenever that is, or my need to um, go in, take a drive and hit up TJ Maxx or whatever, like just to browse around. And um, then my need to go pop into the city and have my finger on the pulse of like the life that's going on there. Um, you know, I live in a different place now. I'm, I'm in like a bit of a desolate area where there's not that many people around and um, it's a slower pace of life. And 
that's been really beautiful and really nice to slow down, especially with having a family. But there is that need within me that I definitely listen to that, like I said, needs to have my finger on the pulse of like a city's heartbeat. You know what I mean? I do. And what, and this is something we often go. And I said this about when you shared your story within the restaurant, when you stepped up, but this often goes under the radar is how awesome for you to model to your kids. Do you have two girls? A son and a daughter, a son and a daughter. I have a son and a daughter, but still for both of them to model that you it's essential to be able to take care of yourself and not to say, I mean, we hear so much about sacrificing ourselves completely for our kids and it's selfish if you don't. And then you, and then there's like buried dreams and resentment and martyrdom. <laughs> there's all this gone. Oh, like, like we, we cannot be a martyr. Oh. Like we just can't, I mean, we're already sacrificing whether we wish to or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Motherhood is a sacrifice. It's always going to be, but to then on top of it, try and like be a martyr or be a hero and like sacrifice your entire sense of self. That is a non-negotiable for me. And it should be for every mother. You have to have to take a moment for whatever it is that fuels you, fuels your sense of you. Yeah. You have no choice. Yes. For you said makes you a better mother. Yeah. And, and again, you know, bringing it back, like it's a beautiful choice because it's saying that you are that it, it sounds so cheesy. I'm still going to say it like that you are equally as important as the people in your life who you love. And it's, there's something that I feel like we need to smash down that that is selfish because again, saying it to yourself and saying all the affirmations and doing all of that. Sure. That can work to a degree. It's not until you can physically feel it that you can experience how it really is a lifeline. And again, I'll say, I'll just repeat it. It's like, that gift to your kids to be able to show to them how important it is to continue to have space for yourself in a way that really does refuel you mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and not just in like a a shallow, uh, like, like we said, massages are great and going to TJ Maxx and perusing is great and having Prosecco brunches with girlfriend. It's all wonderful. And it's a yes. And right but it absolutely does not take the place of really listening in underneath all of that to what fully sus- like sustains you. So I love, I love that you're doing it. I think it's such a beautiful gift to your kids. Thank you so much. A hundred percent. I hope you're it's, doing the same. I am. I try to, you know, I have moments like for sure, but it's, it's, I, I, I do practice what I preach as much as possible because I feel like it's otherwise you feel like a fraud. 100%. You know, and so it's, it's a work in progress, but Hey, listen, we're all getting there. Um, is there anything else? You, this was such a treat. You're so lovely. And I'm so excited for people to learn more about you and what you're doing you. You and are. definitely follow, follow, uh, Danielle on Instagram and all of her restaurants, uh, the cafe and the restaurant, because it's such a fun feed. Like I, and everybody, you know, everyone has their own thing, but I will go through and I will, go through all of who I'm following on Instagram, like once every couple of months. And I'm like, do I really get lit? Like when I see that person's name or do I get lit up or do I feel either worse about myself or depleted or whatever? And you're one that I'm like, every time I see you come up, it's something fun and enjoyable. And your sister's adorable. You have a sister that you post about a lot. Um, Chloe. Yeah. She's like my adopted sister actually. Yes. Um, yeah. She's my best friend since I was 18 and she's here right now. Actually, she's upstairs with my baby and uh, she lives in New York city. So yeah, I see her as much as I possibly can. She spends holidays with my family and she comes on our family vacations. My mom has 
you know, grabbed her and said, you're one of us. So I love it. It's, it's, it's so joyful. So, so joyful. Is there anything that you're chomping at the bit to get out? Is there anything that you're like, you know, I have one more thing I just want to share about, you know, infusing your life with some sort well, of, I want to say, I got a tattoo this year and that was a fear of mine for a little while. My, uh, my sister, you, you reminded me cause you asked me about my sister and, um, you know, <laughs> it's just really cute. I think that you should just do the cute, silly thing you've always wanted to do. I think you should take the risk that you've always wanted to take. I think hopefully from this podcast, people's takeaway would be like, just fucking go for it. And, um, don't look back. And if you have to change something along the line or pivot, you will, and you'll be okay. Still, um, getting a tattoo was something I never thought I'd do. I was scared. I was scared. My mom was going to be mad at me. She hates tattoos. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm really excited about this. Chloe wants to do it. We went, we had the best night. I, every time I look at it, it gives me a happy feeling. And, um, it reminds me of being fearless and just being authentic and doing whatever you have to do for yourself. So yeah, just do you and go for it. Those are my two takeaways. I hope. I love it. And it's, it was, this has been such a joy when people want to learn more about you and the work you're doing, where can they go? They can um, follow me at Danielle DeSantis on Instagram. Our bakery is at bears cup Bolton on Instagram. Our restaurant is at Loda, <clears throat> excuse me, at Loda Bolton on Instagram and um, yeah, I'm always just doing things on my stories. I'm outside enjoying with my kids. So if you want to be friends, just DM me and we can be friends. And I'll put all the info in the show notes below too. Danielle, thank you so much. It's been such a joy. Thanks, Chrissy. It was so nice. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the So To Speak podcast. If you found some insight or some useful nuggets in this episode, I want to hear about it. So make sure to connect with me on Instagram, on LinkedIn at Christy Mandor. Also go ahead and share it with anyone else you feel could benefit from the messages in this episode. And while you're at it, go ahead and throw up a rating and a review wherever you're listening in from, which helps significantly in other people learning about the podcast because it takes all of us to get ahead of our heads. I'll see you next week.